Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, September 1st, and this is your FT News Briefing. Eurozone inflation is being a little stubborn, and UBS reported the biggest quarterly profit ever for a bank. Plus, Switzerland wants to clean up its reputation, so it's cracking down on money laundering. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The European Central Bank is facing a bit of a dilemma in the run-up to its meeting later this month. Inflation data from the Eurozone came in just a tad hotter than expected yesterday, even as core inflation edged down. Here to talk about it is the FT's Frankfurt Bureau Chief, Martin Arnold. Hey, Martin, how's it going? Well, I'm holding up a bit like Eurozone inflation, actually. Nice. So, uh, great segue. Give us a recap. Where is inflation across the Eurozone right now? Inflation has overall stagnated in August at 5.3%. That was unchanged from the previous month. And that was a little bit higher than economists had expected. Yeah, economists had been forecasting something closer to 5.1% for headline inflation, which is close to what we got yesterday. But yeah, it's still a little higher. So Martin, uh, I'm curious, how are some of the biggest economies in the Eurozone faring right now? They've been dealing with higher interest rates for a while. They are not faring great. For instance, the biggest economy is Germany, and that's stagnating. And all the signs are pointing to a very weak third quarter. So the surveys of purchasing managers, the consumer confidence surveys that we get, all of these soft indicators are really pointing that actually there's been another down step in activity. So it's really a pretty weak picture. And the question is whether that weakness will be enough to bring inflation down to the ECB's 2% target. Which brings us to the next ECB meeting, which is on September 14th, so, you know, like two weeks from now. What are the stakes there? This meeting is really in the balance. Economists I've spoken to have talked about it as a coin toss. And for the first time in a year, the ECB decision is really finally poised. They have raised rates for nine consecutive meetings. It's been an unprecedented tightening of monetary policy, the most severe tightening in the history of the euro. And now they're at the point where they're near the end. And it's just a question of deciding whether are they more concerned about inflation getting stuck above their target, or are they more concerned about doing too much and driving the economy into a prolonged downturn and possible recession which could be painful in terms of jobs and competitiveness of the region. Martin Arnold is the FT's Frankfurt Bureau Chief. Thanks, Martin. Thanks, Mark. UBS said yesterday it recorded a $29 billion gain thanks to its takeover of Credit Suisse. UBS shares rose 6% on Thursday. I'm joined now by the FT's European banking correspondent, Owen Walker. Hey, Owen. Hey, how's it going? So, Owen, break down that number for us, a $29 billion gain. What does it mean exactly? 
it sounds like a big number and it certainly is a big number, but really it's just an accountancy gain. It's got nothing to do with the way that UBS or Credit Suisse have, have performed in recent months. It's just a reflection really of the discount that UBS made in, in getting such a cheap price when it bought Credit Suisse five months ago for $3.4 billion. Oh, so it's an accounting quirk. Uh, got it. How is the bank's business doing more broadly then? Well, UBS has done relatively well this year. If you compare a lot of its divisions to where they were a year ago, things like investment banking uh, is down significantly, but that's a similar story to um, other European banks and other Wall Street banks. Um, Its asset management division is down a fair amount, but then that's to do with uh, an asset sale it made last year. So that's a, a kind of an unfair reflection. And then its wealth management business, which is is its bread and butter really again that's not doing as well as it was last year though it's it's still very very profitable for the bank so you know overall UBS is is kind of quietly ticking along though this kind of credit Swiss deal is is very much front and center in terms of where its attention's focused at the minute credit Swiss of course was a legacy institution with a lot of history before it finally imploded earlier this year what are some of the challenges UBS has faced in integrating Credit Suisse into its business? I mean, one of the big problems they faced initially was because Credit Suisse had been in such dire straits for, for so long, um, a lot of its clients had given up on it and were pulling money out. And that was really what set on course its, its kind of death spiral. And uh, Sergio Motti, UBS's chief executive, he's saying that one of their big priorities at the minute is trying to win back that business. And secondly, it's about integration. These takeovers, these mergers are fraught with difficulties from IT platforms and integrating those to cultural fits and making sure two businesses can run run together and you don't get you know sort of competition between people who are supposed to be on the same side uh, and so these are the things that the UBS management team and board are going to be grappling with for for several years now that was the FT's European banking correspondent Owen Walker thanks Owen great thanks very much Swiss banks hold trillions of dollars in foreign assets. A big reason why they're so popular? Their discretion. Switzerland has lagged behind other European countries when it comes to transparency and curbs on money laundering, and the country's been under growing pressure to do something about it. Now, it's decided to take action. Here's the FT's Sam Jones, who covers Switzerland. Karen Keller-Suter, the Swiss finance minister, proposed a package of measures to tackle money laundering and the use of illicit funds in Switzerland. The main proposals are for a national register of beneficial owners. So if these measures become law, then it will be a legal requirement for all corporate entities or trusts in Switzerland to register with the Swiss government who the ultimate beneficial owners of them are, who the ultimate financial beneficiaries of them are. Now, so far, Switzerland is the only country in Europe which doesn't have such a register. So this is quite a big step. Sam says another part of the package relates to the Swiss advisory industries. They cater to corporate entities and trusts that look after people's money, and they keep it secret. 
The second element of the package is a raft of requirements for lawyers and accountants, those service providers to wealthy people, to abide by um, money laundering reporting requirements that are currently enforced on banks. So from now on, lawyers, for example, will also have to conduct due diligence on the clients that they accept, and they will have to report any suspicions to regulators. Now, there's a whole Swiss finish to all of this, so none of this is necessarily going to be public. For journalists like me, uh, there aren't going to be suddenly a wealth of new information sources that we can access. The register and these reporting requirements will all be conducted behind closed doors, um, but uh, it is still a significant step. The proposed changes will go through a consultation process before they're submitted to Parliament next year. So a lot could change between now and then. And there are already a few points for concern in the proposals. You know, they sort of say, for example, that accountants and other advisors to wealthy individuals in Switzerland, although they will be bound by new rules on due diligence and on know your customer research and that kind of thing and anti-money laundering requirements, compliance with those measures will be self-policed. So it will be up to industry bodies to regulate whether their participants are compliant with those measures, which, you know, many critics are already saying is a glaring loophole in all of this. And it's entirely the problem that the Swiss don't adequately police these measures that's at the centre of the criticism of Switzerland so far. Sam Jones is the FT's Austria and Switzerland correspondent. Hey, guess what? Our FT Weekend Festival is tomorrow in London. Speakers include Jesse Armstrong, Rachel Reeves, and many others. And as a briefing listener, you can claim a special discount. We've got that promo code in our show notes. Before we go, a quick correction. We said in yesterday's show that Terry Goh, the Taiwanese tycoon and Foxconn founder, was running for president with an opposition party closely aligned with China. That was a mistake. Go has urged opposition parties to join forces with him in the forthcoming election, but they haven't agreed to do so. And Taiwan's opposition parties are not closely aligned with China, although they do favor an easing of tensions with Beijing. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com for free when you click the links in our show notes. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Kasia Brusalian, Sonia Hudson, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our engineer is Monica Lopez. We had help this week from Monique Malima, David De Silva, Michael Lello, Gregory Meyer, and Gavin Kalman. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Brumley is the FT's global head of audio, and our theme song is by Metaphor Music. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.